It's a film with three brains. 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 Films like Stagecoach, Red River, Shane, High Noon, and The Magnificent Seven will never be forgotten. Now, Dino De Laurentiis presents perhaps the greatest Western of them all, The Shootist, the story of John Bernard Books, the last of the great gunfighters, a living legend. The role is being played by an actor who is himself a living legend, John Wayne. I won't be wronged, I won't be insulted, I won't be laid a hand on. I don't do these things to other people. I require the same from them. You hold it right there. Just throw me your wallet. Yes, sir. A little something extra. Co-starring with Wayne is a group of Hollywood's finest actors. This film has the makings of a classic. I would not die a death like I just described. Not if I had your courage. In it. John Wayne gives the most remarkable performance of his career. I'm a dying man, scared in the dark. As he recreates the final days... There's more to being a man than the of the gun. ...of the man they called the shootest. Welcome to the film with three brains. <laughs> <laughs> Sam in San Francisco. And I am singing John in Chicago. And I am Cohen in New Jersey. Maplewood, New Jersey. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Um, it's a big state. Yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of like Springfield. There's probably a million of them. Well, there's Springfield um, right here in the neighboring town to me. Exactly, where the Simpsons <laughs> live. <laughs> Today we're talking about The Shootist, which is the 1976 film uh, starring John Wayne and all of his friends. Also his last movie. <laughs> you guys ever see this before? Uh, surprisingly, I had not. I, uh, yeah. when it started, I, I realized I had started watching this once and I turned it off after about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess when would that have been? Do you know? Oh, like in the last three, four years or something. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Do you I mean, remember I'm... the circumstances? Like why you, why you were oh, watching it? I mean, I'll, I'll put on random, like Westerns and old stuff and, and it usually only lasts until... Amy's like, why are you watching this? I'm like, I don't know. Why not? You know. It lasts um, until she comes in the room and is like, what are you doing? Why are you watching this? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. What's, what's, what's wrong with old movies? Um, no, I don't know. I, I, I like watching it. I don't mind. Wa- I actually sometimes prefer watching old movies like this bits at a time and not just sitting down and taking the whole thing because sometimes there's like, you know, odd moments that are fun, but um this movie is uh well it's not that long i don't know <laughs> yeah it's pretty short <laughs> i'm trying to be i i don't know i don't know how i want to approach my my opinion but what what do you what do you guys think of it uh i was surprised by how much i liked it actually okay i enjoyed it uh i i found myself um man it, it, I was surprised. Like, I've seen plenty of John Wayne movies. I've seen a lot of John Wayne movies. My dad was a big John Wayne fan. Mm. Um, and I've seen all the movies he made with John Ford, I'm pretty sure. And uh, 
this felt very different from any of those for the most part. Um, I guess maybe the closest I can compare it to is like The Quiet Man, which is my favorite mm-hmm. John Wayne movie. Really? Okay. Yeah. And there's, other than a really long sort of They Live style fight scene in the middle of it, there's no action. Right. And so watching John Wayne, like an old sort of end of his career, end of his life, you know, he died not too many, not too long after, a couple years after this, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, watching, it's sort of like watching Richard Farnsworth in the, in the, in the, in, um, what's it, uh, Straight Story? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just like seeing this, this veteran actor sort of clearly kind of identifying with this aging, dying character, uh, uh, just like the performances. I always, in that sort of scenario, I find very interesting. And I found his, his performance quite interesting. Um, because it was mostly quiet, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't a big flashy role. There wasn't a lot of gunfighting and punching and horse riding and stuff, you know. And so I don't know. I just found it very compelling just watching him kind of do his thing. I thought Ron Howard was pretty good, um, mm-hmm. and Lauren McCall's great. I'm so and, glad we have you on recording saying Ron Howard was good. I know because I put you down as the Ron Howard hater of the group. Yeah, he hates. I don't Ron like Howard him as the, an actor. I, don't, I just don't care for him as a director very much. Right. <laughs> okay. I mean, he's, I, made, he's I, made some good movies, of course. It's just, I, I, whatever. I'm not going to get into it, but <laughs> this would be the place to get into it, I, I suppose. <laughs> but I feel like I just, I after a while, I just sound like a lunatic, just ranting right. and raving because everyone loves Ron Howard. They're like, what's Never wrong with you? Me. His movies are great. <laughs> they're fine. They're fine. Yeah. Whatever. Well, anyway, yeah. I would. I, I enjoyed the shootist. I was surprised. I was. I was kind of girding myself. <laughs> like okay, let's get through this. But uh, I was, yeah, I was like, it's pretty good actually. I agree. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to go back and watch watch movies from the seventies with that aren't Star Wars or Rocky and be like, okay, what's it going to be? You know, what, I was going in this too. I was like, oh, it's going to be another. You know, we we've already pretty, we've already tried a couple pretty. westerns we'd never seen before and not had any luck. Um, <laughs> But true. I agree with I agree with your comments. I was I was really interested in in that, and I felt like um, the story felt like I was watching uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, like the, it sure. was, and I I know he was one of the people they originally had in mind for the role, but a current Clint Eastwood who is, you know, very aware of his age and his recent mm-hmm. movies and just moves you know has the plot that works with where he is um and yeah it must be really weird to be at the end of your career and play someone who is also at the end of their career uh, so to speak Mm um you know we i mean if you think about it most of us don't think we're going to be working the last couple years of our life Right, right. Like you don't. Sure. Like you're hoping you're long retired and whatever. And I, and even if you love the work, it just seems weird that this guy's only got a couple of years to live, and he's he's doing work yeah. about dying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I, I, I'll go ahead. Well, I was. I'm just trying to chime in on what you guys have already said. Like the, it's what's interesting is that he's sort of acknowledging the end of 
the end of things. I don't, I don't, I mean, he didn't, um, <clears throat> he wasn't diagnosed with cancer, the, the one that actually killed him, and he had beaten cancer once already. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> lost most of his lung, which I, which I find really interesting. Um, but I, but like, it's more perspective on the end of his, his, his reign as, a, as the, the movie star, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't know if it's intentional or not. But that's the way it felt to me. It was like, you know, we're sort of wrapping things up. Um, yeah, Jimmy Stewart's in here, you know, with a small uh-huh. role. It's fun to see him. Um, so I, I, I felt a lot of the the emotion, not emotion, but the Im- impact of it comes from that. I mean, I, mm-hmm. this story's good. And, and you know, Lauren McCall and their little quasi-love story is nice and, and his relationship with Ron Howard and... All of that All is that. good. Like nothing, nothing's wrong with with what they did. But but I think it's almost overshadowed by like realizing this is the end of end of it for him, the end of his career. But yeah, I mean the then it's I assume it's just coincidence or just kind of un, uncanny that um, then he did get stomach cancer and sort of more you know closer to the character he was playing. Yeah. But I thought yeah. uh, Sam, what you said about. You know, thinking about Clint Eastwood is very appropriate too, because I would, I kept thinking about Unforgiven because, you know, thematically oh, yeah. they're very similar in a lot of ways. Although Unforgiven is is like far more, you know, sort of action oriented, um, but still, you know, similar themes. Um, and Don Siegel, the director of the shootist, um, was Clint Eastwood's mentor and directed him in several films. Clint Eastwood credits him with teaching him everything he knows about filmmaking. Mm. Directed Dirty Harry bunch of other stuff anyway yeah so i was thinking about that too i was watching okay yeah mm-hmm. i think um sean wants to get more more picky about it um uh, <laughs> you can feel it coming <laughs> i can I, it's, it's it's like it's like i'm getting tapped on the shoulder like is it time yet is it time yet uh before we get too far into that just as uh we've already right. i think covered the synopsis but but to be more clear about it uh the shootus is is an aging gunfighter who it sounds like it sounds like he, you know the, the the world he was the world he was living in was was apparently the uh kind of a stand your ground sort of florida where someone looks at you the wrong way it was okay to kill him and you wouldn't go to jail <laughs> um and and uh by the time he's at the end of his life uh you know the world's moved on he's he you know People see him as this, as this, uh, you know, icon of of the wild, the past yeah. Wild West, whereas it's no longer wild. Uh, but here he is; he's got cancer; he's going to die, and he ends up in a town where where a lot of the people don't really want him there. Some of the people want to kill him because it would just bring their own name glory to kill this famous gunslinger. And then, uh, uh, you know, he takes up a home, uh, a room in a in a widow's. Uh, uh, what do you want to call it? In and uh, her son is Ron Howard, who is a teenager at the time. Um, anyway, he goes to to kind of live his last days there, and um, of course gets in gunfights. I think that sums it up. <laughs> I, I like I, 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 you know the the unforgiven thing was I just felt like he, the whole time he was you know the Clint Eastwood. You know I'm not like that anymore. You know. Yeah. The, that it uh-huh. was that was a really strong theme, uh-huh. um, 
I, you know, there's also this theme of, you know, he, he, in essence, becomes the man of the house, this, this boy who doesn't have a father, this woman who doesn't have a husband. Um, and I thought that was underdeveloped. I thought, I thought that, um, from a father figure standpoint, there could have been a lot more between him and Ron Howard, you know, like yeah. the teaching of wisdom and, and things like that, that, mm-hmm. that, that they touched on it. And I thought, oh, it could have been a lot more, a lot stronger to make, to make the, like, I like how they make Ron Howard realize that he doesn't have, that he does, he has what it takes to be able to pick up a gun and shoot someone if he has to, but he doesn't have the mindset to actually be that person. Yeah. I thought they showed that in such a great way. And, um, and that was, that ending was rewritten by John Wayne. Mm. Uh, it, that was not the the original end ending was was gonna be that the bartender he so the original ending had John Wayne shooting the bartender in the back when he went to get a gun and John Wayne is like there's no way my character would ever shoot someone in the back like that's just the whole movie has set me up as this person who it's um kind of like blaze of gl- glory I never drew first but I drew first blood like it's like he can't shoot someone in the back. Um, yeah, I knew you'd like that. Um, I always like so he's like quote Bon Jovi lyrics. Yeah, he's like so that's got to go. Um, and, the set, and then Gillum was supposed to get him and be a non-fatal shot, but as but the only but unrecoverable. And he wanted the boy to the original script. Not he um, had had Ron Howard shooting him to put him out of his misery. Mm. Which would have been really messed up. Um, so he rewrote the ending to do this. He, his contract had that he had final say over the script. <laughs> so I thought that, and there were other parts that he did, but I thought the way he did it was actually quite well done because um, it it shifted the end. You know, like one life ended, and then this boy is figuring out who he is in this in this really crazy moment. Um, I like that transition. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now you can <laughs> well you no can before I before tear I into it. nitpick. Uh, help me figure out the end because I'm still a little. I mean I know why he wanted he each had, he had a reason with each of those people like um, I can't remember their names now but you know he he had come across each of these guys and he. He was kind of giving him one last shot at him, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and the idea was: doesn't matter if he dies; he's kind of he kind of wants to die. He doesn't want to succumb to his illness and die that way. Yeah. Um. But and yeah, two of, was, two of them he had history, uh, like a right. He shot a violent his, history with his brother. Yeah. The the nastiest one, I think, the second one to go. Um, right? Wasn't that? Wasn't he behind a table? The first one was kind of a pushover. He was the guy that let out of jail. Yeah. Yeah. And the the card player guy, we've seen him shoot someone at eighty paces or something, so we know he mm-hmm. can shoot and we know and then the yeah, the second guy was kind of just you know, oh I his whole family had history with him and all that shit. Um yeah. that's fine. But yeah, what yeah. what's the what does the bartender is the bartender I mean That was a little weird. Like, why does he have a shotgun? He just pulls out no, a yeah. shotgun. Well, I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if bartenders in that 
sort of era always had a gun behind the bar just in case someone tried to shoot him. But why shoot? Like, like did the bartender have any lines in the movie? I don't. I don't remember. But yeah, no, I saw. Th- I thought the same thing. Sean. Like, also the bartender shoots him in the back. Why? Why does he do that? Does I thought he... he ran out because he knew everything was going down. Why do you? Why would you even come back? That's what you. Um, yeah. Unless, unless, and and you know, maybe they could have alluded to this some, or maybe there was a scene or something or a line he had that alluded to it that maybe he just wanted to, you know, make himself famous for killing like the most famous gunfighter in the world or the country or whatever, and then yeah, the man who shoots work. him. Sort mm-hmm. of like the whole Pat Garrett, Billy the Kid thing, and mm-hmm. Young Guns too, <laughs> right? I suppose, and, but and you got this reporter that's no, yeah, go ahead, yeah, sorry, right? And but there's no allusion to that. There's no, we're just like trying to guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I don't think it's a big deal, but it is in the end because that he's the one that gets him. Although he yeah. shot, he gets shot first. I think by the yeah. second. I think he shot twice, guy. isn't he? Like in his left shoulder. He has one on yep. his left shoulder. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, and then the guy shoots him. before that? I think so. I was impressed the way he hurled himself over the bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that couldn't have been John Wayne. Could it have? <laughs> I, I doubt it. I don't know. I was like, yeah. dang, nice, nice move. So they could have not had the bartender and just had the first guy actually not be dead. Yeah, and be on have the a car dealer she... like dying, and he just with his last bullet, you know, he just gets off like a crazy good shot. Well, you need, mm-hmm. but you need but you need Ron Howard, Ron Howard to, to shoot. Yeah, but yeah. it could have right. been that the first was, that guy. Was, that part was great, and I really liked when he was when they did like he's like, "Can you give me a shooting lesson?" It turns out he's a really great shot, mm-hmm. and and Ron Howard's like, "Well, my spread isn't much bigger than yours," and and John Wayne's explanation is really great about how. Yeah. You know, no, it's, it's not. Perfect. It's not about. It's not about being the best shot. No. Yeah. There was there was some. It was like there was moments of really good stuff, and yes. then there would be like a while where I was nothing was really grabbing me. But like I agree. when they when he's talking to Lauren Bacall and they're just when, I think they're they're fighting. Um, I think their biggest fight anyway. He, she's telling him what she really thinks of him, and then he says, "I'm just." I'm just mm. a dying man, afraid of the dark, you know. Yeah, and I and he he lets it hang there for a second, and then she says something else, and I was like, oh, yeah, like the honesty of of yeah, of and it. she's like, damn you, yeah, and she just couldn't handle any of it, but um, yeah, but yeah, yeah there was there's just there's some moments that really that really work, mm-hmm. and I think they're just a little too few and far between because. There's and I mean the end I think is is about as good as you can do it I think I I think we we all kind of like the end, mm-hmm. um, but there's it's it the entire movie is building to the end. You know, uh, for yeah. better or worse, and he doesn't he doesn't get very sick, but I guess that's because he could he's supposed to live up another six weeks or two months or something like that, so he yeah. doesn't have to be sick sick, which is good. I, liked, I thought it was I, gonna be more of that. Yeah, I like but, that scene when Jimmy Stewart explains to him what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, "Do you really want to hear this?" He's like, "Yeah." Gary told me straight, Doc. That was a good scene too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, they're just not. I mean, I think the first. <laughs> I got off on the wrong foot because of the way, <laughs> the way he's handling the guns in the beginning. See, he he has a rifle and he points it right at Ron Howard. He like waves it at him, points with it, and I'm like, "Well, come, whoa, come on." You know, you. 
I know it's not gun safety, you know, 21st century style, but. But then he uh, also has the moment where he says he leaves the last chamber empty for safety. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So so that explains every, all his careless gun waving. <laughs> yeah. He, he did it yeah. with a pistol, too. Then he, like, waved a pistol around at her, yeah. at Lauren McCall. I did. Yeah. I <laughs> saw that, too. And I was like, oh, don't do that. He's a little casual. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's that's a I guess that's that's a good exp- way of uh, sorting it out. Like yeah, I, I safety. So wait, did they not have actual safeties on the on old guns like that? No, no. Okay, not a revolver. No. Not a revolver and not a rifle. I guess. Okay, I like I like that. That's that, that checks out. Hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. There's they're in Carson City. It's interesting that like he would have. Uh, somebody was describing John Wayne's style of acting and, and he, he really liked his pauses because of his, <laughs> his lungs, because you never yeah kind of know how he's going to deliver the line or what, what, what's going to happen. And uh-huh. I didn't really, I didn't know that was such a thing. And you look back at his career and you're like, yeah, he does have a weird. I read a, I read a, I read a little factoid. I do not know if it's true. It's not about John Wayne. It's about um, Christopher Walken. Mm. Just the pauses that you reminded me of. Uh, I read something once that um, the reason Christopher Walken's like vocal cadence is the way it is, the way he says a few words and pauses, you know, is because his parents were immigrants and um, had to learn English when they moved here, and and, they were, and it took them a long time. It was very difficult, and they used to have these long pauses between thoughts and, and sentences and phrases and stuff as they sort of tried to remember the the, the vocabulary and the right words and. That's how Christopher Walken grew up learning to talk. I don't know if that's true. Just a thing. Mother, I, I would like to go to the bathroom. I can't. I can't do it. A passable. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, well. Yeah, that's interesting. But he's not. He's not in the shootest. <laughs> it's too bad. But the most interesting man in the world is. Oh, it's he. Uh, are you talking about the guy from the Dos Equis commercial? Yeah. Uh, the original guy with the gray hair. Um, yeah, I forgot his real name, but he's he's in this he somewhere. The, he's not the. He's not the uh, uh, card player guy, is he? No, his um, Jonathan Goldsmith. He's the. Is he he the first guy who gets shot? I think he is. Yeah. When they come across the when he's when he's riding in a town before he rides into town. Yeah. Oh. I, 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 I can't remember now exactly who he was. I just, I read it. I was like, oh. <laughs> Interesting. Kid. Yeah, he's Book's victim, but he's uncredited. <laughs> Book's victim. Okay. I think it's interesting that in the in the beginning when they're sort of going, sort of the retrospective of Book's life, they're showing scenes from uh, old John Wayne movies when he was younger. Yeah. I mean, it's I like in, that. That's what I'm saying. Like that, like that's a definite, okay, here's an homage here. Here we're just giving credit to his entire career. Yeah. Um, mainly Westerns, but you know, he's done mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Um, I liked it, but I also, it also took me out of it. It also yeah. made, made me think, Oh, okay. Are we just, I mean, I guess I, well, it's black, most of it's black and white. Um, Ron Howard is narrating at the time. I could have done without that just because, you know, it doesn't serve this movie. It serves the greater purpose of let's, let's, you know, let's appreciate John Wayne and his career. 
But for well, this I mean, movie, I, I think it, I think it helps. It helps to establish who the book's character is, and why everyone's afraid of him, except for Ron Howard. Yeah, but then it shows like various gunfights from these different movies. And it's like eighteen ninety five, and he's he's hip firing a, a rifle, and he's hitting hitting this guy fifty yards away. Yeah. All right, all right. I mean, it's 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 a definite nitpick. But we can agree to disagree. Yeah, it's it didn't ruin the movie. Let's put it that way. Uh, but that's I mean that's both a criticism and a and a an appreciation because because that's what this is supposed to do is sort of like you know sum up his his effect on on the whole business. On, I guess. On I mean, it wasn't especially. it wasn't intended to be his final film though. Like he you had, think... he had another movie. He had more movie. Like he was in development. He was okay. supposed to do a movie, another movie with Ron Howard after this. Oh really? Okay. Um, because he really liked working with Ron Howard, and he decided he wanted to do another movie with him, and they had something in development, and then he got sick. So I don't think it was really, and I don't think anyone was always like, "Well, let's send John Wayne to the grave in style here." You know, like I don't. <laughs> right. No, I, I meant more retiring, obviously. Then. I don't think he was um, doing that either. Right. Right, which is interesting. They they weren't <clears throat> excuse me. They weren't self aware. They were just it was just, it just coincidence, serendipity, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. What? Yeah, something about the begin. Just the beginning of the movie is is like somehow my least favorite part. Hmm. I don't know why. Oh, the horse was interesting. So they also oh, yeah. speaking of the, his career, like you know, he has this horse. That he's used in a lot of different films, and uh, the um, people that actually own the horse uh, had made them mention his name a few times because like <laughs> like dollar dollar this dollar that you know yep. But that was his horse in in many films, so yeah, that's cool. And then yeah, it sort of worked in the story as he's selling his horse, and then he gives it to Ron Howard. Yeah, you know the whole bit. Um, so you said your favorite movie of his is the quiet man. Yeah. Um, uh, do you, I mean, I, I, I wonder if I would have liked, if I would, um, I, I think mine is true grit, but that's because I love true grit's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I've watched both equal times, I think, and they're both good, but I think yeah. there's something about the remake of it. That's sort of like distilled the essence of the first movie into a modern. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't, know. I just, I don't I disagree with you. Yeah, the script is so good. The sure. I don't it's know. Co- it's just Coen Brothers. It's like, Coen Brothers. Yeah. I yeah, I don't disagree. I think uh, besides the Quiet Man, though, I mean, I like True Grit. I like um, the Man Who Shot Liberty Balance. Him and Jimmy Stewart is that's a really good movie. And The Searchers. Well, those last two are both by John Ford. Okay. Oh yeah, the, the Quiet Man. But... I don't know if you guys have seen the Quiet Man, but it's. It's really yeah. funny. It's basically a it's comedy. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And it's hmm. really, I don't know, there's something about it. Like, it doesn't, eh. it just feels so original and sort of fresh, even <laughs> even now, which is crazy because it's so old. And it's just so goddamn funny. It just kills me. It, I, I can't believe how funny it is. I can't believe how much I laugh watching that movie. I'm going to have to watch it again. I remember it, liking it. I've never it, seen but... it. You should <clears throat> check it out. It's It's really good. John Wayne plays an American, like an Irish American, who who goes to Ireland. I, f- I forgot to like reconnect with his roots. I don't remember why exactly. Yeah. And ends up meeting Marina O'Hara, uh, this Irish woman living in the small town that his family's from, 
and she and he like courts her, but she has a brother, and who does not approve at all, and they they are just at odds. It's it's really good. <laughs> anyway, there's a fight scene in the middle of the movie that takes up like. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, it's, town, I'm sure right? it's not. Yeah, I'm sure they even they stop at Cohan's pub to have a beer <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of it all. <laughs> so then, the, anyway, it's just really funny. And like his, his, John Wayne's chemistry with Marina Harris is, is just great, and she's really funny. And it's not like a screwball comedy, though. That's what I love about it. Mm. It's not like a French farce or slapstick. It's just fucking funny. Like um, I, I, I don't even I, I don't know how to. It's like the sort of comedy that I really like. That's organic. You know, it's not sticky exactly, and it's not it's not like this mm-hmm. high concept weird shit. You know. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but I really yeah, like it a lot. Yeah. I would warn anyone who's had never seen it. It's a, it's a little, it's an old movie, so it's very yeah. patri- patriarchal and sure. You know, oh, it's yeah, all about him definitely. threatening to, and it's even, it's even worse be, I think, because it's a small town in Ireland. <laughs> right. Exactly. And they're sort of portrayed as a bit of like a backwater country. Right. And I don't know, maybe it was then. I, I have no idea. I don't shit about Ireland, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting that you would pick something that's not war or western or something. Right. Um. Anyway. All right. So getting it's back to prime. my. It's on Prime. Yeah. The Quiet Man is. Yep. Nice. Mm. I might watch that again. I was like ninety-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. As well. What, is, what does the shootist have? Like eighty something. Let's see. 70, the um, Quiet Man is is uh, ninety one ninety one for both eighty three is uh, eighty three and eighty eight eighty eight the audience. Okay, so people like the shootist. I was I was going to go back to my um, griping about the word shootist, which they they, <laughs> they end up saying probably four or five times yeah. in different ways. <laughs> she was like, "Oh, are you a gunslinger, or do you like to be?" Prefer, like to be called shootist I like I but I like that it's sort of like um she, you know she says it with some stank yeah you know like some, some <laughs> true distaste and yeah. I, I and I appreciate that I like that and I like I like that that scene's in it otherwise this title sounds a little pretentious or something I guess or I don't know yeah no, yeah I know what you're saying yeah but it, it it's I, I think it's intended to be sort of derogatory the title yeah. you know yeah Right, and it's, his whole rep- reputation is pretty derogatory. Like everyone's right. either afraid of him or wants to make money off of him, right? Or is just entirely impressed and, right? You know, is the fame of it. And, yeah, you know, he's a famous guy. Yeah, I like the I like like uh, Harry Morgan, who's just like when he finds out who he is, but then he finds out he's dying, is so fucking thrilled. Yeah, <laughs> I love the scene where he's like, "That's great! <laughs> I can't wait till you're dead." Yeah, it's he's a little like over the, the top. <laughs> I mean the hooey gets uh, that was a little goofy, the but, but the yeah. like the, the intent of it, and the same with the, the the Undertaker, who's like, oh hello, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. and then John Wayne's like, oh, all right, fine. <laughs> that's another well, thing that confused me. What he paid him fifty dollars today? Yeah, to be able to have his body. Yeah, because he because he he negotiated. They said, hey, you're gonna you're gonna make money off of me anyway. So uh, yeah, okay, all right. So, so with with all these these little scenes, though, I think it, it explains why the end happened. You know, because yeah, 
at some point he's like, well, I might as well give them what they want, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, and just so, just so I don't get it in the back when, when I'm not looking, I'm just going to arrange the whole thing, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think sounds a lot better than sitting in a room to you can't move and can't eat and can't go to the bathroom. Right. And, and you're you, in so much pain you can't like yeah. function. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. Sounds all right. <laughs> I I thought there was going to be more between him and Lauren Bacall. I'm I'm glad, glad there wasn't because Yeah, I am too. It was just enough. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, she was It was just enough to be believable and and yeah. sort of really interesting and engaging, you know. Yeah. Like I bought it. I she was tested was... him and then she started tolerating him and pretty soon she actually cares about him. Yeah. Wow, John Wayne films. Yeah. Uh if you look at the tomato meter, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, or a hundred percent. Wow. As as opposed to the audience score. That's pretty incredible. Twelve. The top two well, uh, sorry, there is no top two, but in terms of audience score, the top two are um The Man Who Shot Liberty Balance and The Quiet Man. And Searchers is really good. That's another one I gotta see. It's really good. It's got some really um, iconic imagery too. Like there's a there's a scene in ET, uh, where they recreate the scene from the Searchers. It's actually ET is actually watching the Searchers at home when uh, Elliot's at school, letting all the frogs go, and he grabs the girl by the hand, and and swings her around and then kisses her. It's the <laughs> and then and ET's watching that same scene in the Searchers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I think it, wait, is that the Searchers? <clears throat> no, I, I think, think that's the Quiet Man. Or the Quiet. You know, I can't remember now. I th- just the way you described it just sounded, I'm like, that's got to be the well, Quiet Man. Well, him and uh, John Wayne and Marina Hara made a bunch of movies together. May- oh, maybe it was How Green My Valley Is. Wait a minute. Now I got to know. <laughs> All right. Well, while you're looking that up, I'm going to uh, bring up Scatman Carruthers. Oh, yeah. Nice, yes. Nice to see. I see, obviously, but also, did you know he was he is a double up for us? Um, we didn't do The Shining. No, that's that's what I would think of first. Yeah, that's uh, I always think of. No, He's, we did see him no, once. He, wait, is he in Blues Brothers? No, that's no, uh, no, no. Oh no, that's uh. I'm blanking on his name now. Come on, we called <laughs> him out too. This is, this is just bad memory. <laughs> well anyway he was in one flew over the cuckoo's nest there we go yeah oh right um i see it's not is he an orderly anyway. he was wearing yeah he was wearing yeah. all white that's right he just works at the hospital <laughs> all right did you figure out the movie that uh et's watching it right it is the quiet man Okay. Yeah. I don't know if some reason I thought it was the searchers, but yeah, it's quiet, man. Yeah, that's a cool reference. I mean Yeah, I think Steven Spielberg is a has gone on record saying John uh Ford is his favorite filmmaker, film favorite director. Or like hmm. most in, influential on his own career. If I knew him better I'd, that 
might be really interesting to me. But John Ford made some really great movies. I would recommend. I mean, he made a shitload of them, so like, be discerning, I suppose. But the ones he made with John Wayne are all really great. Okay. I just like Lauren Bacall because of the big sleep. Yeah, she's great. That's a good one. And then Dino De Laurentiis is kind of interesting too as the producer. Because he's made a ton of movies that I, you know, throughout the 80s that I was like excited to see that in hindsight, I'm like, I don't know that any of them are really all that good. <laughs> like the Last Dragon. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that one. Don't Flash worry. Gordon. <laughs> Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Okay. Cohen picks all the way. <laughs> I, but that's kind of what it is. I was like, I was like, I think this guy just made movies for Cohen, and that's what it comes down yeah. to. I mean, he was the executive producer on Army of Darkness. I mean, come on. Yes, he was. <laughs> Which is made for you. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, who's our target audience? They're like, Cohen. <laughs> it's nice having people making movies just for me. It's great. <laughs> All right, he, just... he produced He produced some good stuff, too. I mean, no, no awesome. <laughs> but like Maximum Overdrive. Oh, yeah. Mm. So excited to see that. Raw deal. It's pretty crappy. So excited to see it. <laughs> Silver Bullet. I'm yeah. still kind of excited to see that it's, again. Yeah, Silver Bullet's actually that's, pretty good. That's on my Sorry. list. <laughs> yeah. You know, Cat's Eye, same. Cat's Eye, yeah. yeah. Oh, is that not on my list? Yeah. So Doom? these, days, these okay. days, I think of Dino De Laurentiis as, because I used to be, I used to watch the Food Network so much, so Giada De Laurentiis is his granddaughter. Mm. And she's very a very prominent uh, celebrity chef on the Food Network these days, and so now I, I sort of think of him. I sort of think of him as her grandfather. She's like she's very pretty, and so at the beginning of her career, people accused her of not being a chef at all. They accused her of being a model, pretending to be a chef because she was pretty. <laughs> Isn't she focused on a, a lot of Italian dishes and stuff? Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, I know who that is. See, I don't even ha- I don't even watch the Food Network. I know who that is. Yeah. So yeah, she must be popular. <laughs> Because she's pretty. Um, just, just to yeah. cl- <laughs> just to clean up our mess, uh, that was Cab Calloway in Blues Brothers. Oh right, yeah. yes. Famously of the Cotton Club. Yeah. Heidi, Heidi, hi. Um, the Dead Zone. There we go. There's our Dino De Laurentiis to Christopher Walken tie-in. Ooh. Yep. Conan the Barbarian. Good one. <laughs> uh, come on, you mentioned Flash Gordon. It's, it's pretty, pretty incredible career here. He did three days of the Condor. That's a good one. He did Serpico too. That, that's that's got to be the best one. Three days of the Condor is fantastic. That's a really good movie. So yeah. Serpico. He did Manhunter. Oh, that's a good one. Which. I think I remember it's kind of decent. Michael Mann. Yeah, it's great. Michael Mann. It's a, I know it's yeah. Michael Mann. I can't yep. remember much about it. Yeah. Man, this is, yeah, th- all this talking has made me realize I've got a lot more to do in, <laughs> what, what? All this talking. <laughs> all this talking. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I, I, all this talking about older movies has yeah. made me realize I have, like, a lot more to, to dig into yeah. in the 50s and 60s and, and watch more than 10 minutes. After. One good thing about that, one good, what's one good thing? An observation. 
trying to revisit old movies, I feel like is a lot less in, is a lot less daunting than sort of like if you were to say, boy, there's you know so many movies came out in the and from you know t- 2010 on. I, I feel like I need to really mm-hmm. catch up. It's fucking impossible. You can't do it. Like there's just with all the streamers and every you know everyone you know Netflix spending a billion dollars a year on productions and every other fucking thing doing original like there's just too much like you can't ever do it but old movies like that's very finite mm-hmm. like know, they're not, not making old not, movies anymore they're not making old movies <laughs> they're not anymore. making anymore I don't know if you guys have heard <laughs> but they're done making old movies <laughs> damn it so you can look up any old list best westerns ever made there you go it's You're good. true uh, wait, there was one last war, or one last movie that Dino De Laurentiis did that I'm pretty sure I saw opening weekend with you going. Yeah. Which was Leviathan. <laughs> that movie's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. I remember being so excited to go see that. Shit, yeah. And it was not disappointing at all. Yeah. Right? It was like aliens underwater. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, it's, mm-hmm. It was yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Peter Weller's great in everything. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got Ernie Hudson in it too, oh, and he's yeah. great in everything. Yep, <laughs> I like him. Mm. I, I honestly, it's I think it's got to be I, on your list. I, Wait, I, I, it should rated, be if it's not. But wasn't it rated R? How did you guys go see that? Because we probably bought a ticket for <laughs> for Satisfaction yeah. and, and went and saw the Action Jackson movie. <laughs> yeah, and okay, we saw okay. Leviathan. Okay, fair enough. I don't think after 1986 that that ever stopped me. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, at we, some I, point I remember doing it <laughs> but like Sam yeah, and I did I, and we, we saw casual sex question ew, mark why <laughs> that's not sucked. a good movie no so bad we thought we were really getting away with something we're like oh, oh people. Right. <laughs> the problem with also too is when we were kids it, there just wasn't that many movies released I mean if yeah. you if you saw yeah what they released maybe two movies a weekend all summer long and then one movie a weekend the rest of the year you know, like there just wasn't that much. If you went to the movies a lot, mm-hmm. like we did, eventually you're just kind of seeing everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're not so discerning, especially <laughs> if you're theater hopping. Shit. Oh yeah, there were yeah, times when different. I would be like, I saw every movie at at, at, at the UA. You know? Yeah, it's like <laughs> totally. all five movies I've seen them. Like, you know, I'd, you had to wait. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was also like two dollars. I don't think you can. Can you? I mean, I guess you could do that today, right? I'm not advocating. I'm not sure you can go out and do that. I've done it, but (laughs) but I mean, no, whatever. That's that's fine. Oh, I guess well, new new theaters that have like pre-assigned seats, like you buy the seat in advance. Yeah, that's 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 different. It's a little different. Still possible, but it's yeah. I guess it just depends on whether it's crowded or not. Right. When you go, that sort of thing. Um, the uh, just back to Leviathan for one second. Oh God! Okay, <laughs> I <laughs> I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it since it probably came out on video. Me too. Oh, I haven't seen it since that Moonlight oh, in the Theater. Okay, and I and I and I don't remember it very. I don't remember the details of it very well. But I will say, my memory is that I loved it. <laughs> that it was awesome, and I'm sure it was awesome. because sh- we were 15 years old sneaking into an R movie. <laughs> I know, but I bet it holds up, right? Uh, I'll take that bet, and I'm betting against. <laughs> You're betting against? I'm Come betting on. against. I'm totally they usually, Sean, they usually hold up. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, Cohen's notorious when? for great picks. Yeah, they, yeah. Wait a they usually hold up. 
Um, most movies just get better with age. I think that's mm-hmm. what this, that's the success of our podcast. Especially oh, if yeah. it was released in the 80s. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's a reason why we have so many followers. Oh, of yeah. course. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so I was looking at um, the his his hairline, and I don't know if this is a shock to anyone, but he he wore some pieces, some hair pieces. Yeah, I think and, that um, was apparent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know, whatever, it's fine. Um, no, he was he was apparently not vain at all. Like he didn't wear the pieces when he was off camera. He was meticulous about it for shooting and stuff. But um, you know hanging around the crew and stuff he, he wouldn't he's, he's once told someone if he wasn't in showbiz he wouldn't even own the dang thing you know yeah um <laughs> and i thought it was interesting that uh, the one he wore in el dorado sold for 1200 bucks in 2010 it was brown with a hint of gray oh um whatever <laughs> i don't know why i'm bringing this up just that i think because it surprised me that he didn't care for it you know he just he just did it because it's moving he he treated it like a piece of makeup or something. It's something you got to put on. And he also did a lot of westerns, so he'd have a hot hat on a lot of times. But, but I mean, he's a he's an impressive. He's six four and a half. He's a wow. You know, he's got a um presence. I think besides just his size, I think he's just got presence. And uh, Cohen was talking about his performance and stuff. And I, and I think that if I had to pick one thing about about him about this movie or whatever is it's that his, his, um, his acting is, is natural and his, and his like his delivery is, is so understated. I mean, he does do, you know, shouting in a lot of movies or, and fighting and stuff, but he's still like, he is quiet. He is sort of like, you know, the guy yeah. that you can see a lot of, a lot of men in him, you know, like the, especially, especially of an older generation you can see like the the way men used to try to carry themselves and where in you know like say a lot with not saying a lot of words and stuff like that it's just it's interesting that way there's a there's a in terms of like stoic tough guy type shit but there's a uh an anecdote i heard i read somewhere about uh frank sinatra and john wayne um having some friction. I guess they became friends later in life, but when they were younger, uh, the story I read was John Wayne was making a film in Las Vegas. And of course, Frank Sinatra, you know, was like the fucking God of Las Vegas. And they were staying in the same hotel, one of the nice ones, I guess. And, uh, John Wayne was, you know, he was shooting a film and he was staying in the room directly above Frank Sinatra's room. I'm trying to get some sleep because he had like an early call the next day and Frank Stash was notorious for his all night parties and it was so loud. So John Wayne went down there and knocked on the door and someone opened it or Frank Sinatra opened it and he said, do you mind keeping it down? You know, I'm, I'm trying to get some damn sleep here. I got to work tomorrow or whatever. And, and, and Frank Sinatra's bodyguard was right there and said, nobody talks to Mr. Sinatra that way. And uh, John Wayne slowly starts to turn. And then just spins around and punch and knocks and knocks the bodyguard out and walks away. <laughs> and then the, the legend says that that like as soon as he got up to his room, the music was turned all the way down. <laughs> um, I think I think that was in one of their biographies. I don't know. I'd buy. Anyway, I don't know. 
Hollywood legend, who knows, or Las Vegas legend. Anyway. Yeah. I like to believe it's true. Pretty sure all rumors are based on truth. Sure. <laughs> all right. Okay. Is anyone under under 20 years old going to watch this movie? Not a chance. No. But they might, someone might like it. Aspiring filmmakers might like it. I don't know. Hmm. Students of the human condition might appreciate it. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, yeah. Sounds like an affliction. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like it because it's it's not John Wayne doing... Like, sometimes it's so pronounced, it's like he's a parody of himself, you know, his yeah. some, of, some of his roles. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or like, yeah, if it's a 1930s movie or something, that's, you know, just, there just weren't that many movies yet, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, like we've already said that this, this one is, seems different because of the performance, because of the people involved. I don't know. It's, it, it stands out. It definitely stands out. Yeah. Agreed. And I can, yeah. And, and I, I can, I mean, I guess what, what <laughs> the reason I was thinking of nitpicking it and thinking about it in a different way is because my mindset was really skeptical until the end and huh. I finished watching it. And then I was like, huh, that's interesting. You know, like I didn't expect to like it. I didn't expect to like the end. I thought it was going to be a little different. I, I don't know, but I just, I, I also felt like it was putting all its eggs in that basket. Like the end has to be good <clears throat> for all this buildup. And it actually to. was. Yeah. But I've seen so many movies that do the same kind of thing and the ending falls short, and then you're just like, why did I waste two hours on this? Yeah. But I was pleasantly surprised with the ending. Would so I have, I, I, you know, I, there's different, you know, levels of movie recommendation, and this is one, like, you would definitely watch this if you were on an airplane. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what I tell yeah. people, like, hey... Of all the movies that I've ever talked about, this is the one you need to go and find, you know, and see. No, like it's not the best of the best, but it's like, hey, if you're on a plane and you're going to choose between watching another stupid Marvel movie or this, be like, well, if you like an old movie, put this on the list. Hmm. Of course, yeah. now I have to see The Quiet Man in order to say it. Yeah. And be like, oh. But it's kind of hard, you know, it's just kind of like every band, you know, like you were like, like, you know, even at, at, at this point, you know, the, the, the Rolling Stones are, are, are down to be known for just a couple songs, you know, just Mm -hmm. the same way John Wayne's only known for a couple things, but you can go a little bit deeper into that catalog and realize, Hey, there's other good stuff here that nobody ever talks about. Yeah. I mean, he made like a hundred movies. Right. And so we're just yeah, it says, you know, 179 film and television. Holy right. shit. <laughs> That's so many. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'd also just like to point out that the music on the shootists, the score is Elmer Bernstein, who's, you know, hmm. may, maybe like the, maybe the biggest film composer 
Hollywood film composer ever. He's the only person, he's the only person nominated for Academy Award in each of the last six decades, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Dang. Like, his filmography is fucking deep. It was, the music was kind of sparse, wasn't it? I mean. It was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which was good. And that's good, yeah. I mean, that's smart, but yeah. All right, what are we doing next? Well, is it my pick? <laughs> it is. Oh, good. I got one done. <laughs> Back in um, the 80s? No. No. What? No. Done with the 80s for a bit. Yeah. Uh, pretty close, though. 1991. Uh, a bit of an adventure film, I would call it. From the director of Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh, jeez. Uh, I don't even know who. Fellow by the name of Joe Johnston. Uh, 91 Adventure? Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> Bordering on steampunk. Cool. Oh, no. What? Give me a moment. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine what what that means. 91 Adventure. <laughs> Wait, no, no. Oh, does it have Bruce Willis in it? No. Well, <laughs> is that Twelve Monkeys? Oh, no. no, Twelve Monkeys. But that's, that's not that's uh, what's this Terry Gilliam? But that's the most yeah. steampunk movie I can think of from that time that's, period. Uh, yeah, a that's... little, I guess. I don't think of Twelve Monkeys as steampunk though. I guess kind of. Is it more like this... a- different animation or something or? It's... No. Uh, it's live action, right? Live action. It is. It is. The the lead in it is Billy Campbell. The love interest is Jennifer Connelly. Oh, <gasps> wait, no. Was that is that the year Labyrinth was made? No, no, Labyrinth well, is much older. 80, 80 something. Six, uh, maybe. The great recently deceased Alan Arkin plays Billy Connolly's sort of mentor, sidekick type. Man, why don't I know this? And it it involves Nazis. This, but I don't know this. Steampunk steampunk is throwing me. It's kind of steampunky. All right. (laughs) A little bit. It's got elements. It's not like like Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow. Yeah, okay. That's yeah, that. I was picturing that. That's yeah. what's but yeah, popped but in my head. Was... Oh wait, <laughs> is Jennifer Connelly in the Rocketeer? She is. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> so we're yes, watching the Rocketeer. Have, it is the it Rocketeer. Does have <laughs> steampunk sensibility. Yes. There we go. I should have guessed that. You've been saving that one for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. All right. I haven't seen it in a long time. Me either. It's been a while. But I recall enjoying it very much. Yeah. Cool. Steampunk. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that means. I really don't know what that means. I know what I know what it means like in terms of clothing and you know, like you have a an old device that, that runs on uh-huh. you know, hand power or something. Yeah, stuff like that, but it doesn't in terms of movie making, what the hell? 
Well, maybe maybe we can maybe we can kind of we'll explore that, huh? Yeah, we'll All run right. that down next next time. Alrighty. Is there a place you can watch it? Uh, yes. Not Amazon. <laughs> type, 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 type. <laughs> type, 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 type. Poster for that movie is a little more like Art Nouveau, um, like a Anne Rand, like cover of the Fountainhead, maybe or something sure. like that. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> it is apparently. Would you say? It's on Not Disney on Plus if you subscribe to that. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, you said Billy Connolly is in it, right? He's the no, Scottish. No, not Billy Connolly. Okay. Not him. Billy Campbell. Billy Campbell. Jennifer Campbell. Because that's what's messing I'm like, Billy Connolly and Jennifer. Yeah, no. That's a, my brain misfired again. Billy Connolly. No. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Not him. Uh, okay. <laughs> Rocket uh, Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. In the same universe that John Wayne Gacy starred in The Shootist. <laughs> Sweet. Eighty who? Yeah, I'm here for all of it, all universes. And in this it's... universe, this was our best review. Oh yeah, I mean, uh-huh. in all universes, in the multiverse, this was the best. In the multiverse, we might have done better at some point. Who knows? No, impossible. No, okay. okay. No, no. You heard it here. <laughs> all right, that's okay. enough movie buff. I'm out. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh, wrong universe. Uh, I I love in everything, everywhere, all at once when he's you are the worst version of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of hope that I'm that too. <laughs> Lofty aspirations. Nice. Well, it's, it's you want to. I like the extremes, you know, mm. one end or the other. Sure. Hmm. This idea that I'd be the worst means that everyone out there is just bad in about the something. Yeah, they're like, well, at least I'm not the worst. <laughs> right. Whatever's going on in their life, as long as they're all like, hey, at least I'm not the worst. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> That's the type of optimist I am. <laughs> Cautious. Indeed. All right, I'm done. Bye. Yeah. Me too. You're not even gonna. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. It, no, you stole it. Redo, yeah, I didn't I steal it. That was a different universe. Come on, keep up. <laughs> we're back. We're back. We're back in our yeah. universe. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Wherever you are. That's the fun with your brains. Dirtables.